so it's called I'm All Ears. Yep. Yeah, it's on now. Yep. Uh, testing out the sound. <laughs> the guest needs to do the heavy lifting. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a bit like what Josh Earl does. He asks you to tell... tell uh... Oh, okay, mate. None of my ideas are original. <laughs> nah, I'm good. Welcome to another episode of I'm All Ears. I'm uh, Ben Searle, and uh, with me as always is Aaron Gox. How are yes. you, mate? Hi, I'm Goxie. Uh... What have, what have you been up to lately, Solo? What have I been up to? Uh, did a big clean today, uh, which is good. Uh, early this week, flat out at work at the moment, school holidays. Uh, uh, also did an ad during during earlier in the week. Fuck uh, you. Yeah, um, I haven't really done many of those, but that was interesting. Um, I guess it doesn't matter if I was... It's, it was for koala mattresses. Uh, a friend of mine got me into that. Um, it was running two hours behind, which was interesting. So I ended up probably doing max 30 minutes of work. <laughs> so I really smashed through my lines and it was all outside and it was smoky. So we had to do it real quick. Uh, that was fun though. Uh, That's awesome. Um, I don't want to, as usual, make everything about me, but I, <laughs> I, I got in the koala ad game ages ago, mate. And, uh, no, no, I did one. And, uh, the main story I've got from that is... Um, Toady from Neighbours was on it, but I didn't get to meet him because he did his bit later in the day or something. So that's a very, like, almost cool story, but not. (laughs) Everyone loves them. I got to meet some uh, proper actors for the first time in my life, and, geez, are they... Different breed, yeah, yeah, special breed. Yeah, they are just on another planet. Uh, Especially when it's like, you feel like, dude, you're in an ad, like, you know, like, drop the whole thing, you know. Mm. (laughs) But, yeah, they're pretty intense. Um, awesome. Uh, well, I went to Unify Fest last week, which was pretty cool. Um, Unified Gathering, sorry. i, I got to use the right lingo, but, um, yeah. Are they saying gathering because, like, they don't want to put the expectations too high? Like, it's not a party, it's just a gathering. <laughs> I think they're just trying to, um, crash in on Juggalos. Yeah, insane right, clown posse right, right, territory, right, right, you gotcha. know, the, the Juggalo gathering. Nah, but, um, no, it was cool. Like, definitely, um... You when I was younger, I was really, like really into the punk stuff, but uh, I've gone away from that in recent years. But some heavy stuff there. Yeah, I was I was in, I was in the pit for um, Knock Loose. I was going to ask pretty you, crazy. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I missed them this week. Yeah, yeah. Well, like their their sound is heavy, but the people in the audience were even heavier. There's just the whole dudes doing the yeah the the moshing. Yeah. yeah the, did, you, did you did you hear the the dog bark so, song? Where it was the big like. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's my favourite one, that one. Yeah. It's a fucking belter. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it was pretty cool. There was a lot of, because uh, it was bad weather, so the bands were moved around. There was a bit of politics surrounding that. Politics? Uh, yeah, a bit of behind-the-scene politics. But I reckon we should get into, introduce this week's guest. Uh, yep, he's been sitting quietly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, also had a, a bit to do with the, the Unifier Gathering, which we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Another but, smooth segue. Uh, the tra- that was a reverse segue. Like. <laughs> yeah, reverse segue. Um, but welcome to the pod, uh, Callum Preston. Yeah. Hello. Callum. Hi. I'm just, I've been sitting here pondering my failed mattress advertising career. <laughs> oh, wait, do you feel, did you, were you sitting over there feeling like we're rubbing it in? Like, yeah, we'd be, we've both been in yeah. Koala's mattress. Yeah, I didn't realise you are in with Big Mattress. Yeah. Getting all the money. Um, Slept no. our way to the top. But uh, Please one. don't leave. Uh, if, anyone, if anyone's still stuck around after that bad day. <laughs> the comedy is not that bad. No. Um, have you done any ads? You've been on the other side of making uh, ads. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, kind kind of a little bit. Nothing like big time, but 
I've been involved in some production stuff, but ads, no. I designed a lot of ads, oh, like okay. uh, print stuff back in the day. We do did some uh, Kmart stuff, did some like just rent weird graphic design jobs that kind of end up as ads of sorts, mm. I guess. Um, but uh, so me and Solo, we're across what you do and, and love it. Uh, I just thought, uh, as cheesy as it sounds, can you give us a kind of a brief... Uh, background of what you do yeah Callum. <laughs> uh yeah it is it is difficult though a little bit some of the time because i do kind of a, a lot of different things i'm still figuring out really what i'm doing i guess yeah so uh i guess i'm a graphic designer that has uh over committed to yeah. a bunch <laughs> of stuff so yeah it's sort of i started out in graphic design very unofficially i didn't actually study that i studied advertising but uh graphic design through playing in bands and music led to just a whole bunch of music-based work and uh, pretty much the world over music and different scenes of music influence uh, fashion and and advertising and all these things. Like, uh, it's easy to, like, if you follow where the emos go, eventually (laughs) that becomes, like, if you look at it, like, the emos and hardcore kids pretty much invented Friendster. Like, someone invented it, but then they... Perfect. Took it on. Yeah, yeah, they used it. And the same thing happened with MySpace. And like most social medias are really governed by whatever the leading kind of um, pop Uses culture are, thing is at yeah. the time. And that's why you end up with like, you know, the, the early Instagram celebrities weren't your Kim Kardashians and stuff. It's like, you know, some like emo. <laughs> yeah, 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 some some person with a bunch of face tattoos or like, you know, whatever. On uh, on MySpace, it was uh, Forbidden X, Forbidden X. It was yeah. like some a girl from Orange County that looked like Pamela Anderson or whatever. Like, yeah, I remember like uh, this is very localized to Melbourne, but there mm. were like celebrities around like the alternative nightclubs. And yeah, they, totally. Like, mostly got their the people in through the doors through um, MySpace. Yeah, like, like I think it's definitely it's weird that you know obviously it has been monetized that sort of like pop punk emo stuff you know really hit its peak in the. I don't know, late 2000s, I guess. But, yeah, I feel like you can kind of trace it back lineage-wise to a lot of these, like, things that they were on first really took off. They were the first to really delve into revenge porn yeah. also. Like, I just listened to a podcast about that guy. Yeah, um, right. There's a, I just saw he got out of jail or whatever. There's a true crime podcast just about, like, online crime yeah, called right. uh, Swindled. Uh, and there was <laughs> nice. a whole, whole episode just about him. Um, and yeah. it is no good. <laughs> <laughs> But I was yes. going to say, again, like just like with ours, don't judge a, a pod by its name. Because <laughs> you've got to call it something, guys. I can't stress that enough. That's true. And we're just saying to Callum before we started this app that uh, we're trying to be more confident with the name. Like, yeah, gotta, be, be committed. Yeah, yeah. I'm all ears. I like it. Um, but, yeah, so graphic design went on and then sort of I was always involved in like graffiti, street art sort of stuff growing up and that was sort of my two sort of separate tangents that I, I did generally keep separate, which was like playing hardcore and punk music. And then I had my sort of art and graffiti friends. So uh, the two kind of at some point sort of merged together and um, yeah, graphic design sort of turned into uh, building things and making artworks. And then I was making my personal artwork on the other sort of stream and they um, it's all sort of melded together. And then I added in, doing video and sort of, I guess it's sort of become a little bit of creative directoring stuff. I guess to, um, no, like no disrespect to music, Mm. but 
that's a thing that seems a lot of people like, I can do that. You yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so do you find that there's like, or or do you find it is quite compared? There's a lot of people trying it. So sort of no, I'm I'm constantly amazed. Well, especially here in Melbourne, but you know the the scene as it were like you guys are obviously in the comedy scene yeah yeah and everything is its own little microcosm but like as far as art goes that's based on this sort of street art contemporary kind of stuff there's so many people out there just doing it full time as a living and so I totally got that wrong yeah <laughs> no no it's just, I'm yeah. just surprised that like yeah, yeah. how many how it can how much it can support that many people like there's a lot of mm. and but that's only because of the doors that were opened over the last decade yeah. but you now you have a, a new developer who's doing a big building or whatever they used to just plan to paint out all the graffiti on the site now they like incorporate it into the whole design of the building and yeah um, I've been doing work for like big corporate agencies painting hoardings with like murals and and doing murals in foyers of buildings that and I would that, never previously have picked and that's probably something you never thought that would from doing graph yeah exactly you know, no it like, doesn't seem relevant and yeah it's you know the graph purists among them will will really, um, you know, that sort of tends to. It's a blurry line of what you know, who's a sellout and what's 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 <laughs> cheapening the scene and oh, what's cannibalising it. Yeah, that whole stuff's stupid. That's so disgusting. That's just people that can't get work talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but me yeah. and Sarah have talked about that before about like not knowing that there's scenes and these like under. Sort of un- underground, yeah, cheesy well, way, but it's true. I, where it's I like, guess yeah. being involved in music, like I was doing that for so long and, and liked comedy as a fan, but it wasn't until I started like going to local shows and stuff like that that I realised that there's this whole world around it. Yeah. And that kind of ties into the bigger stuff as well on TV and things like that. Yeah. It all kind of starts somewhere. Like, And in, in, in punk and hardcore, it's like there's like the... The, the people that aren't in bands that are booking shows and putting together labels or like managing bands and in comedy you have the same thing with booking rooms and mm. you know people that are they're writers on say you know TV shows and they can get other other local comedians in to be bit parts and whatever and it's all just nepotism at its finest everyone. and I guess yeah <laughs> but it's funny because and it's like a lot of us are like working hard to try and get the word out that there's these scenes and then there's a, another kind of small group that like Want to keep it elite and unknown yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Do you find that in art that people are, like in your particular part of it, uh, there's people that are just like, oh, doing a mural for a thing I was selling out? and Yeah, I mean, there's that side of it. Then there's also the people like anywhere that they want to they want to keep a lid on it, keep it all for themselves. And then there's the ones who really try to get everyone like, hey, I got hit up by these people. I can't do the job, but you'd be perfect for it. And yeah. passing things on, which is you know, is I think a great way to be because there is, I feel like the work you pass on, if you just say no, it's sort of, you've sort of, uh, there is a, a slight burden of like, hey, we want you to do this thing. And you go, ah, oh, I can't do it. Yeah. But when you go, I can't do it, but my mate can do it. He'd be great because he does this or she she can yeah. do this. And then you're you're solving a creative problem for them and they're more likely to come back to you next time. You go, hey, last time didn't work out, but that guy was great. Yeah. Can you do this one? Well, I think even with comedy, like if someone hits me up for something, I can't do it. I'm like, oh, I'll help you find someone. Yeah. Like, and I think that breeds a kind of healthy scene as well. Yeah, definitely. And it's and also, um, it, I found like the by giving out work myself, I'm more likely to be in someone's mind. And they're like, oh, he gave me that job for this, and I can't do this one, so I'll flick it over to him. So, you know, I guess that's just a bit of human 
interaction. Is that just how... It's a life hack for everyone out there. Is that just how it works in the trades and we're like, oh, we've found this cool thing that we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're all just plasterers in disguise. <laughs> yeah. So um, this might be a bit cheesy, but like, I just wondered, because um, when we're doing our comedy and hopefully people laugh, like that's a pretty... It's a pretty, great core, pretty core value. Yeah. yeah. I remember that day when it happened. No. <laughs> but uh, so just wondered for you, is it like when when is that great feeling? Is it like when you're making it or, or when you can stand back after and look at it? Or is it when uh, yeah, you right. kind of do the, do the presentation, the gallery, that sort of thing? That's a good question. Well, I mean, there's different levels. So there's, you know, obviously just painting a wall, a mural on a street somewhere, legal or illegal. Uh, <laughs> doing something for a gallery, all these different things. They have sort of different payoffs, but there's definitely not the instant, like at least if you, you know that if you're bombing, you're watching it happen in front of your eyes. If you're, if you're bombing on Sorry, painting. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> You've heard the description. Who told you? Yeah, yeah. Who told you about that? Yeah. Game? Yeah. Um, but you know, with this, there's, you don't kind of go, and there's the last brush stroke, step back and everyone is around you applauding. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. No, cause like a, I was saying, like, you know, it's kind of overly asked, a bit of a cheesy question, but I did hear, um, I think it was Noel Fex's drummer say his his favourite moment is just, like, finishing because it's just, like, relief. Like, it's yeah, done. right. Like, whereas I'm, like, when there's a show going great on the rare occasion, I'm, like, this is the, this you, is that feeling. You don't want like, it to end, trying yeah, to surf that like, wave. I could never, you know, I like sports and I've won two or three games in my career. <laughs> But, yeah, there's a lot better yeah. feeling just when the show's going great, you can't beat it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think uh, Eric from No Effects has always been a great touchstone for... Yeah. for uh, basically. I modeled my, my life on him. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, it's definitely... I, for me, it's all like the the super, like, live, laugh, love version of it is like the journey, like the journey of making... Like, just making stuff is, is the fun part. It's... um. We love the journey here. Yeah, love the journey. So no, but the doing the work is is a passion, and that's that's what's fun about it. But you know, then people sharing it on Instagram or being like, "Oh, we visited this town and saw this thing, and here it is." Or um, you know, I did some work. Uh, there's a festival called Wall to Wall in Benalla, which is up uh, a couple of hours out of Melbourne, and tiny little town, not tiny, but a small regional town. And about six years ago, a guy started a mural festival there and got a few people in, and now it's got like something like 50 something murals in the town and it brings in 5,000 people for the weekend they do it and all the locals really get behind it so um yeah now they describe where the where in the town you know, you want to go to the lawnmower shop yeah it's just down you know where the big eagle is on the wall turn left at that or that's cool you know yeah, oh, it's yeah and you know it's it's helped reinvigorate the town which is that's like the awesome power of that and so you, you but you're saying you basically save town yeah it's basically it's a it's a bigger than jesus company no, no. <laughs> but the silo project is another one like that i don't know if yeah, you guys seen awesome. those but that that's like a silo trail and um my mate who did one in a town it was a town with one pub and like half a shop of something else and and yeah. a population of 12 or something and now the guy that had the pub has been in his free time building tiny homes like on old trailers and putting them behind the pub and now people come through to visit the silos and they stay overnight in the yeah. tiny homes and then the other shops open again and it's that's, that's pretty so- that's pretty powerful for a regional Australian. Oh, yeah, that sort yeah. of stuff's awesome. I've I've um, done a few road trips to Adelaide and yeah. um, it's on one of the silos on the way there. Yeah. The grey nomads love it in there. They're yeah. like really loaded up camper vans just oh, like cruising I only got around. A few greys, mate. Well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Nah, but um, yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, and uh, so getting away from art, um, tell us some other some stuff you're into. Well, uh, I'm into comedy actually, which is uh, you know. It's, just, it's really I've hit the heights here to be with you two just sitting here. No, no, it's um. Well, that's funny because we hate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but can't like you know as Stella and I are friends socially and have been for many years, and I've always had an interest in comedy and uh, mainly mainly through like probably originally through podcasting, I guess, and then like realizing that I didn't start podcasting with. Uh, by listening to Mark Maron or like big overseas, yeah. like the yeah. first podcast I got into, my friend Steel Saunders had done Green Guide and yeah. and then Dum Dum Club. I've and, done that. <laughs> yeah, true. And you knew Steel through skateboarding. And I stuff? knew Steel through skateboarding and through kind of music stuff a little bit, but he was involved. There's a lot of crossover, isn't it? Yeah, that, but it's always like a couple of key figures that sort of branch across multiple scenes, and then you kind of. Well, a couple of the big skaters at the moment are David Quirk and John Crookshank. Yeah. Big yeah. Skate, skate comics. Yeah, yeah. There's always Sk- a few big ones. Skate, <laughs> skate core comics, you know. Yeah. yeah. And they have good commands too, which is good. So yeah. It's annoying. Uh, yeah. So, so Dave... <laughs> I can't do either. <laughs> Dave Quirk, um, when I was in high school, I did work experience at a skate shop called Yogi's in Moody Ponds. Yeah. And uh, I started... I was so I'm like 15 at the time, I guess. Yeah. Nine or 10. And it's I, when it all kickstarts. Yeah, so I did. I did um, work experience there, and Dave Quirk was the nineteen-year-old that had moved from Bright yeah. to work to work at Yogi's in Mooney Pond. So he was like the new guy in the shop at wow. the time. That's when I met him when I was that age, and then. Did you see his show the other year in the shop? Yeah, the, at the skate shop. I love that. Was like one of my favorite. So good show because that was like very influential for me to coming down from Brizzy, and like. This is like comedy can be more than just stand up. Yeah, know, and Dave's like, always sort of pushing that yeah, that yeah. kind of angle, which is really cool. But awesome. he and especially like you know his acting stuff as well. Mm. He's he's really uh, he's really pushing all boundaries and uh, all right. And mate, a this vegan. isn't the bloody plug, David. Nah, nah, <laughs> nah I'm joking. I'm trying to slip a out. strong <laughs> vegan message into the pod. <laughs> Sorry, but no. So all that sort of stuff, um, and then yeah, just started going to a lot more local shows and. Or hearing, you know, smaller up-and-coming comedians on stuff like Green Guide and mm. not just your, your Husies and whoever, but like these open micers that I hadn't really seen and then getting into them and my wife is super into comedy as well and uh, and also being, yes, it hasn't been that long, but going from seeing someone like um, Ann Edmonds or, or Celia or something yeah. doing like, yeah, they did that little room that's on a Wednesday night to now they're doing these huge shows and doing Netflix specials. Yeah, and totally. It's a pretty crazy turnaround. To yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But like, so all this, it just seems like, sorry f- to do this to you and like summarize you, but uh, no, it seems like you just blurb. Like, like creative stuff, hey? Like any, yeah. getting getting out there and putting ideas out and... <laughs> What do we got going on here? <laughs> Just left the Bluetooth speaker on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's literally just <clears throat> I have a business card that just says Callum Preston, uh, professional person available for hire because that's awesome. There's kind of there's always something kind of different I'm working on. Maybe it's a non-committal to. <laughs> it, it's like you guys with your I'm all ears. Well, <laughs> like because I get people like who don't know what I do, then just find out that I'm a comedian so I get the classic like give us a joke sort of thing yeah but then it's a different you and know it's hosting comedian yeah but all I, these at different- first I feel bad because I'm like I'm not really a jokey comedian and I'm like 
But then I go against that because I'm like, no, I stuff you. Like I just do what I do. Like yeah, you're the one who's got this narrow. You have Who yeah. am I even arguing it? They haven't. <laughs> they haven't understood the craft. They take me to a mentor. But you know, you you uh, your original kind of foray being like the stitch up video and and eating corn with cornrows, listening to corn. Yeah. You know. Well, I had I'd been doing stand up for like six or seven years before that, but that's the whole thing of. You got to put stuff out. But there. yeah, that's what we're talking about with this. Before like before I put things out, it was just like playing to like seven or eight people in a pub in Brizzy. No one yeah. cares. Like, yeah, yeah, and that's that's what's pretty amazing about. And you know, these days I feel like it's the same with like tattooing and and art stuff and even bands. Like you can be anyone anywhere, working in a little a little shop in the back end of nowhere, but by sharing your tattoos on Instagram you can start to get a following and then yeah then yeah. someone goes oh you go oh that person's doing a guest spot in Fitzroy and I've been think, following them for ages but they're from like nowheresville yeah. somewhere like I think like this is pretty obvious but backing yourself is important just like yeah yeah totally like do all, you, all the people you see do well have thought of something created something and just back themselves and put it out there you know yeah which can come with like Varying levels of ego, but I think it's yeah. If you can back yourself and manage to keep being oh, yeah. to be Don't a good back person, if you shit, but. <laughs> <laughs> but is that kind of being part of it? Like a project will come up, and you're like, I don't really know how to do that, but oh, I yeah. reckon I could figure it out. Yeah, def a lot of like not lying my way into it, but definitely there's been some stuff from like, yeah, yeah, it'll be good, it'll be good, we can do that, yeah, and then I go, that. shit, how am I gonna figure this out? Um, but you know, I I like direct music videos and and have written pictures for music videos and concepts and stuff and my experience for that is watching rage and recovery yeah. like that's I, yeah. I don't have like you know but man so much of that shaped what i do like just yeah funny clips from the 90s and totally um i love like one of my favorite is um i used to love the the rage guest programming band yeah 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 and i think it was um i think it was mighty mighty boss tones nice. after they did like 98 warped and they um, picked all... Because, like, a lot of people don't know they come from this, like, Boston hardcore punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they pick, like, Sick of It All. You know that Step Down? Oh, uh, yeah. With I their, love that. Where they're moshing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, like, all the New York-style dancers. But... <laughs> Check it out if you haven't... <laughs> that's good stuff. The lawnmower and yeah, picking yeah, up yeah. change. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so... Yeah, definitely, like, faking it till you make it on to an extent. And I guess that's probably the same with comedy, right? Like, you know, mm. someone says, oh, can you host tonight? And you kind of have to turn on a little bit of your Larry Emder, I guess, and be like hyping up the crowd and getting people in. You know, Larry yeah. Emder, the classic stand-up comedian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's definitely, I guess, a lot of stuff in comedy and, and maybe art, there's no, there's no like natural progression to it. It's just things are kind of thrown at you and you've just been like, well, I, I guess I could do that. Yeah. And I guess we're maybe somewhat fortunate where there are, particularly with comedy, there are a lot of podcasts and stuff around it, but that's sort of it. I mean, yeah. There are a lot of comedy courses out there, but those are but, mostly I terrible. mean, you did the merger, Goxie, which is like... Yeah, that was fun. I but, was like, you know, that's not that's not trying to do a stand-up set. That's like, it's acting alongside a bunch of well, stand-ups, but also... Again, like I was saying before, when people ask, like, you know, give us a joke. The same thing with that, with like acting, where it felt like like I'm a bit of an imposter and an intruder because like I haven't acted, studied it or anything. Yeah. But then you just got to back yourself because like, at first I thought like that, but then I thought, 
Well, they wanted you. They wanted me for a reason. Like they want you to be yourself, yeah, yeah. be the yeah. character you've created. Well, it's not really myself. Acting is is. I mean, I've never really thought about it before, but it's it's quite strange to be like you're like I've never done this before. You're like, yeah. but I've been around a footy club. Like yeah, you yeah. know, it's yeah. Well, but, especially on film, this is where again, forgive me. If, I'm being rude comparing myself to you, but uh, <laughs> not at all. Because you're, you're the things you make are like they're they're done. I yep. think I said in another ep. I explained the recording something. It's trapped for history. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing of like yeah, acting. It was pretty. It was a lot of pressure because like whatever I say in that moment, it's on the film. Right. Trapped. Yeah. Right. yeah. Trapped Do you ever think about that with your art, where you're like, what I brush now? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, that's. I guess that's part of the appeal of um, being you know, doing street art type stuff and murals in public spaces that anything that's outdoors, it's not meant to last forever, really. Like, you know, yeah. we have things yeah. like the Keith Haring mural next to the tote that's being preserved and protected. And, and, but even then it's a fight to sort of maintain that. Like mm. if I was, uh, cause that was like covered up for a few years. Yeah. They, they had to like recode it and stuff, but it's like the U like anything, the UV, all these things, but I like the mural where someone's put a, a coin in the cement, you know that. Oh, classic. <laughs> yeah, or, 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 I think that's a comment on banking and finances. And um, the uh, but making something outdoors is not meant to last forever, and I kind of feel like that's part of the appeal. It's like this mm. fleeting moment, and I think about that when I look at old photos of Melbourne or whatever, and I'm like, shit, look at all these like hand painted signs all over Burke Street. And now you go there, it's it's all buildings and like LED light mm. panels or whatever, but the landscape always changes but when you say about that responsibility for what's on I, th- I always feel like that whenever I take digital photos like or just photos on my camera phone just like punching away and then you kind of go like now I have to look after this like I've got to do I yeah. say because if you like lose your phone oh I didn't back up my camera roll I lost them all mm. there's a bunch of useless shit in there but there might be a photo of something or some person who then like, you know, passes away and you're like, oh, I wish I had that photo or a photo yeah. reference of yeah. a special event with someone or whatever. Um, yeah, it's like a weird like digital burden, this like gigabytes well, of technical burden. Yeah, I definitely have like a Dropbox full of photos that I've never gone through. Yeah. But like every now and then I'll just flick through them and I'm like, I'm glad that I have them, but yeah, it's there's very, no real it's very sense weird. or order to it. It's just like a lot of digital, uh, like a baggage. Yeah, but if my mom ever, if I'm ever at my parents' house and we'll, I'll say, oh, we're we're going to this place on holiday. She'd be like, we went there when you were six. I'm like, really? And then she'll bust out a photo album and go like, blah blah blah. There it is. And that's like, it's such a cool. Yeah, oh shit, I do remember that. Mm. And so then I think I never print photos. I never, <laughs> you know. But am I gonna be like, yeah, we went there when you were six? Um. There's a Dropbox folder. It's like slash slash backup slash two, you know. Something um, I've discussed with a few people is about how in this current time, I think how I don't think I could be able to do what I do. Like, you know, because I put a lot of my stuff out on the internet, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Do you Have you ever thought about that with like with what you do? Basically, I'm saying, would you have done what you'd done in the 50s or the 1940s? Or oh, no, I've thought about that for sure. I'm like, yeah, I'd probably I'd probably be like... We'd all be shoe shining. Yeah, I'd be like working the- on a print press or like being a, maybe being a sign painter, painting wagons yeah. and stuff, <laughs> I guess, which is still creative. But yeah. also like I, we have to like 
check the privilege and the luxury of being able to just kind of do something creative like comedy or acting or whatever mm. and to be able to scrape by and make a living or actually do quite well out of it is is such a huge that's an opportunity that like our grandparents and stuff didn't have the like post world mm. war two it's not like you're like yeah g'day dad i was thinking uh might tell a few riddles like it's just Maury well, Fields you, you, and that's you, you would have seen been seen as like a real radical if that yeah, yeah. sometimes yeah. I think it must have been so exciting to be at the early day you know like been around for grunge 92 or punk yeah, 77 yeah, yeah. or whatever like who was the first person to quit their <laughs> their nine to five job and be yeah. like no no I play jazz but now. that like that's one part of it but then I reckon it's also an exciting and tough time now. Because mm. so much has been done, trying to do stuff that hasn't been done and make new do you reckon, stuff. Do you reckon, like, our kids' kids will be like, who was the first influencer? Like, yeah. who <laughs> who did the first uh, 10% use my promo code, you know? like Yeah, well, it's oh. interesting how much that has permeated just everyone now. Like, uh, Chuck Reagan, who is the sing- yeah. singer and guitarist of uh, Chuck Water... Uh, Chuck Water Music. <laughs> hot, hot Water Music. Uh, um, no, nah, you're cancelled, mate. Uh, to saw- be fair, they are strange names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he... Um, uh, was selling CBD oil on his Instagram. Really? <laughs> and I just thought, this is such a strange... Man, what a time to be but alive. But the, the offer, the offer that must come through, like I've had friends who... Uh, I think it was like a very natural, organic, like that's the kind but of... You can also just say you were hacked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if it doesn't go well, yeah. uh, sorry about that ad, someone's gotten into my page. But I had a friend who's like a really successful artist and has like a big following got hit up by Dyson. Like, uh-huh. hey, can you do a post about Dyson? We'll give you, I think it was like a couple thousand dollars. And he's like, but he's like, I use a Dyson. We have one. I love it. But <laughs> what, like, it doesn't make any sense for me to be like, hey, check out this Dyson, yeah. whatever. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, but, you know, it'd be good to for you to share the kind of the gospel of Dyson. And he's just like. How do I do that? <clears> yeah. Like, how do you be. Disingenuous. Yeah, yeah. He's like, if I. Yeah. So it's really, I think you've got to be protective of your mm. brand as well. Because, yeah, that's really the problem is everyone can sell everything i guess but i don't know but i never thought about chuck reagan being a spokesmodel for <laughs> yeah i guess it's kind of maybe... but if he uses it every day that's like a thing i guess that's like saying hey i drink banana smoothies get yeah. into them i think that's i it. do that i'm looking for a sponsorship <laughs> By big did anyone <laughs> did any i mean remember when you did your um snack bar show that was yeah awesome. yeah the milk bar yeah yeah, yeah. sorry is there a different? Is is there a snack bar and milk bar different? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it's a Queensland thing because I'm from Queensland. We say snack bar. Oh really? They no. call them dairies in Adelaide. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, that was awesome. But like, did anyone kind of? I like that discussion that got started because I heard you on the radio um, with Miff, was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Vote um, for her in the jungle, you reckon? Yeah. She in the jungle. She's in the jungle yeah. with Dilrook. Oh, not anymore. Dilrook's. Oh, yeah. is he gone? Gone? See- oh, First Dil. No, really. Solo knows because he hit him up for a gig. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, I'm out of the jungle. Can I have a five? <laughs> Brutal. Um, yeah, so... But, yeah, the discussion around the milk bottle. Yeah, because well, I know people were like... Whenever something like that comes up, it's the same with, like, if I some silly thing I'm doing, like going to Pizza Hut or whatever, and then like, yeah, people sanity. start talking. Yeah, they're like, I remember. Because oh, it brings up that... People like to think of like things and yeah, the, nostal- think of the nostalgia of it is like, but that's classic. I mean, it's like we were saying about recovery before. Like, I I feel bad for people that didn't experience that realm of of the world, like recovery yeah. and going into sanity and mm. being ex- like 
impressive. I remember the first time I went to Subway or whatever. Yeah. But then I'm like, that's such an old man logic because these kids are like, man, remember growing up when we played Nintendo Switch? And yeah. They, I can't <laughs> believe we used our hands. That's ridiculous. Like whatever the whatever it is. Yeah, like this. It's funny because nostalgia is big with the young people now. Young people. Yeah, well, they post about. Well, it's not nostalgia because they weren't even born. There's like no eighteen-year-olds singing horses and yeah, photo yeah, yeah. and stuff, and people you know? buying Gl- Chet Thomas globes, like big chunky yeah. shoes and whatever. Like, but so I just think there. <laughs> I just think uh, you well, know, it's like I saw a club night, a poster for a club night that was branded as like Cheese TV. Oh wow! Yeah, and I was like, that's such a like. I guess great. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like you're hitting that right demographic. But it's you're always in, someone else is always in their salad days. And I kind of think that a little bit when I go to like some hardcore shows and I'll see all these kids and I'm like, what, who are you? <laughs> like, you're my age, but I don't remember seeing you around back yeah. when. And I'm like, that doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. That's like, yeah. th- this is your time that you're enjoying this. And I think that people get a real quick to be like, oh, it's not as good as when I was doing whatever. But mm. I'm like, you know, before us, when I first got into going to punk shows and stuff, I'd see, like, older punk dudes being, like, you know, late 20s. And yeah. they, and they, I could vibe that they weren't into all of us young whippersnappers coming in and de- being dickheads yeah. and dancing around. But then I'm like, oh, well, now I'm them or, yeah. you know, whatever. And I think, yeah, sorry. I think, I think that kind of ties back to those people that want to keep scenes, like, small and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're they're not like kind of trusting of people that weren't there back then kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, there's a... But it can mean a lot. It means a lot to have this thing that you... Little thing that's like, oh, this is all I've got in my life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like Some people sick. get really tired. But in, in that. comedy, that yeah. comes up a lot. I, I feel like it comes up where someone goes, oh, yeah, you've been doing comedy for a while, yeah. You were from the kind of the, the Edo and Tommy Little kind of era. Like, there's definitely eras to it where you can kind of gauge the different... It's like, almost like classes in a high school when you're like... Yeah. You're the newer generation or you're from the old school or whatever. Well, even like comedy has... Like people don't realise there's like little weird sub-genres. The same with anything like music, art. Yeah. And there's this like there's like anti-comedy where it's like, yeah, we're, we're bad on purpose. Like Right, that's right. Not, that's like the cringe, exact voice. Like Reddit too. cringe. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I would say that like if you looked at someone like a Sam Campbell and Husey... Like people, it's both comedy, but they're worlds apart. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually got uh, got reviewed and got compared to Husey. I'm like, no, I don't see it. You know. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm not a vegan for a start. <laughs> that was a good. Can you do that? Again? That was a good. <laughs> good. I, I got asked uh, He's a vegan few weeks now, ago. Yeah, I forgot to do a Husey bit for another another podcast. Was getting all these comedians. Well, really? they ended up getting Husey in the end to do it, right? Yeah, but like. Because I actually did grow up watching him and yeah, was totally. a, a, a big fan. I wouldn't say huge, but that, that was like a long time ago. But I didn't know the bit was meant to uh, supposedly famous, but I don't know, didn't know the, the bit. The snake's alive. The snake's, yeah, yeah, is, yeah, it yeah. is it like the kind of Aussie I think version he did of like, it, what's think, the deal with airline food? I think he did it on Hey Hey, maybe. Or I, I did, Yeah, he did it on Hey Hey and maybe a gala one year. Because well, right. I remember every year... Like, I would tape the gala and rewatch it. Stand-up was everywhere on telly back then. When I grew up in yeah, the yeah. 90s, yeah. And that's when a lot of these the big guys, the big guns, got in then. So, like, your Malloy's. Yeah, yeah. Anderson Hughes. And, like, Hellier would McManus. do it. McManus. Mm. Um, John McManus. <laughs> uh, yeah, but even on Recovery, I feel like they had a couple of comedians and stuff. Like, And I was, I've done some work with... Um, 
so I've done a bunch of work for Something for Kate, who are like yeah, I love them. a band I love them. who are very current and releasing new albums, but they've been around for over 20 years. Yeah. yeah. And it's been really interesting working with them originally and then becoming friends with them. And, you know, a band that I really grew up listening to and looking up to, and I would go and see them when I was underage. Um, and they're not, they're only like 10 ish years older than me, but, uh, hearing being like, what was it like when you sold CDs or when you, you know, cause I went to gaslight for like an in-store signing when they released beautiful sharks in like 99 or whatever. And it was out the door and they played acoustic and stuff. And, yeah, Steph especially is like, I just feel bad that there's not... She's like, we played live, live, like not backing track on all of these TV shows back in the day. Yeah. Like Hey Hey and Recovery and um, like there was so much more of that around and she's like, now it's there's just not the opportunity, which is why those shows like... Um, what's the one that Dylan Olcott has been hosting on ABC? Oh, uh, the set? Yeah, okay. uh, that has like, they have music and... Yeah, like there's just not as much opportunity for music, but also for comedians on TV. Yeah, as much. Well, it's like feels like recently, Tonightly was the only platform for comedians. Yeah, yeah, and and, and like you see, like you said, that was so powerful because it's like you can show that you can do it. Yeah. Whereas everyone knows, like in studios, you can have trickery, with like you know, whatever. Yeah. And edit it. Yeah, down. yeah, yeah. It's like if you're. If you're a legit band who can got top chops, you know. Yeah, and they don't they don't cut to Wilbur Wild giving a <laughs> giving a funny look to go like. It is Whoa. interesting to see those bands that have wrote it out. Like there's probably some hiatuses along the way, but that the yeah. whole like home bake sort of thing's big now. Yeah, but like Jebediah and Living End and something for yeah. these bands who were like, you could say were like really at their peak in that '90s era have like gone full circle and are still. I guess they're Amazing fans bands. then that were like 18, 19 and now like 39, 40 with yeah. kind of just money to spend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can go to all totally. the day on the greens and all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, awesome. Uh, any any other little uh, tidbits you can what tell us I, about yourself what am I or into? that we might not know? Because well, you... Do you get into sport at all, mate? Any, any footy? You know what? I really don't. I, I played like soccer and basketball when I was a kid and then I convinced my parents... They were like, you have to do our sport. And so I was like, BMX racing is a sport. And so I started, I raced BMX for a couple of years and it was pretty shit. And I stacked pretty hard a few times. <laughs> but um, then by that point, I'd been playing drums for a few years and I started a band with a bunch of dudes. And that that kind of became my my sport. My Saturdays were like jamming in someone's garage or at my house or whatever. And it's funny because when I was in Brizzy, it was so divided, the like jocks. Yeah. Jocks or Artie, whatever. I feel like there was like that here for a long time. Yeah, but we were talking about this, but then it was really exciting to find out that there was this kind of like Artie people like, yeah, it's all right to like sport. But now it's so normal for me. I'm almost like, if you are just into one thing, it's almost refreshing now. It is funny when like through like the punk and hardcore scene for so long, I would only kind of associate with lots of people through that at shows or playing whatever. And then... You know, you'd go on tour somewhere. And, like, we went to Queensland and the guys from the Daylight Curse, which are now Year of the Rat and whoever, basically being like, oh, yeah, we're just going to kick the footy around outside. We'd be like, why? Because <laughs> <laughs> no, we love it. And, like, they're, like, passionate for music and, you know, also passionate for sport. You're like, oh, shit, I guess that's kind of cool. Because the only dudes I knew 
that were into sport were like, fuck music, that sucks. Like, mm. yeah. this is lame, but sport's rad. And so that's why it really kind of isolated the two mm. lanes. But it is funny when you discover that, you know, some of your favorite musicians uh, love a bit of a kick of the pill. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where, like, I would go to, like, gigs for many years, music ones by myself, and, and uh, no, you watch it, then you just go home. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I found it didn't have an icebreaker to talk to people. And then, um, you know, like Shane, yeah, this you you know Shane yeah. as well, yeah. yeah. Um, that's how I kind of got to know him through like knowing like footy and AFL and right, yeah, yeah. And then and also see him at the all the big gigs. Man. So it is like an icebreaker. And but things like that are probably yeah. Some people hate it to see that you're like what you you don't you should just die hard love music. But then for <laughs> yeah. a lot of people, it's like this is cool. It like a, a big athletic bloke can like sing and open up his heart and, yeah you know. yeah true and I find the reverse is also true like when I work on big job sites doing murals or whatever building sites you can kind of pick who the undercut who the weekend warriors are yeah you'll like, oh, tap man over there I reckon, he, <laughs> I reckon he's into Pennywise and you'll yeah. be like oh, you are going to this and he'll be like yeah yeah and you kind of it's like a little secret nod that mm. you get you know the nod but so, um, or, yeah, the nod where you'd see someone wearing the shirt or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or like if you're if you're in another city, it will. It's a lot easier now. But you're in another city somewhere and you'd see someone working at a shop or a cafe, and you could be like, "Oh, is there any good record stores around here?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, actually, mm. you go down here and here." Um, but I guess it's hard to go up to on someone on the street and be like, "Any good football yeah. games <laughs> happening?" <laughs> yeah, I I used to. You go through different phases too. Like I remember. Um, a long time ago, whatever, when I was wearing band shirts at first and, and people, like if someone gave you a nod and go sick band, you're like, whatever, man, rack off. <laughs> and now I'm the old person doing that to people. Like, I'm like, yeah, that album was good or whatever. Like, like leave me alone, old man. <laughs> um, and you've kind of like kept your music stuff up a bit over the years, like not consistently, yeah. but you've always kind of got something going on. Yeah, it gets harder for sure, but... Um, yeah, I still I still play. I still like to play. Um, but yeah, I guess the genre sort of changes. But it's with the same dudes I've been playing with for years. Like I play in this sort of country old country band called Eaten by Dogs, and the singer from that and the singer and guitarist is um, a guy that I played in bands with since I was like sixteen, and we played in mm. punk bands and hardcore bands and bad like semi incubus kind of <laughs> rock band, you know, all these kind of things. But that's the, it's superfluous to say the bad part. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, sorry, any English fan. But yeah, music is well, and I compared it always to like my dad played indoor cricket when I was a kid, and mm. I was like, well, he's that's like a social thing for him, and I, for me, playing music was always a social thing. So being in this band with a bunch of dudes that have some have kids, and then we all have jobs, and we don't get to do it that much, but when we do, it's the same old. Mm. jokes and the same stuff going on so, less pressure on you you're not like this has to work this has to happen. yeah yeah exactly so yes the social side of music and going to watch live music has always been super important to me but yeah but it happens everywhere like i i teach as well like I, i've been teaching kids the last year doing this artist in residence program at a school and you know the little the staff room has its own little scenes and it's like <laughs> there's a couple some few weeks at the school and then someone goes oh, you into music and you go yeah go, I've got tickets to go see uh, you know King Gizzard I'm like really alright yeah. cool like yeah sweet like it's really interesting 
It's I, like a great unifier, music. I did want to ask you about the school stuff because you, you do some stuff with schools, don't you? Can you yeah. tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I've done a little bit. Um, I was artist in residence last year for a full year, which meant kind of sporadic days, but doing um, two to three weeks per term. You didn't actually live there when you say residence. No, no, no. <laughs> I could, it is bo- that's a no, boarding school. But um, <laughs> it's... Uh, yeah, so that that came about. I've made a mind that I know through graffiti and street art is now the head of art at a fancy school, and that's awesome. And yeah. he he's been getting like really cool contemporary street artists to come and work at the school uh, and work with these kids. And so, you know, you have parents of these kids coming to the end of your show, being like, "Oh, you know, he really enjoyed this, and I want to get him some spray paint so he can start practicing on the side of the shed." Out the back, like, which just seems insane that that's yeah. even a, a conversation. But the kids, like, street art and graffiti is like the biggest art movement of the the modern world, mm. and so of course that's what they're exposed to. Not like they can appreciate historical art, but none of them are going to be like looking at the old masters, being like, "I feel like that's what I want to do." That kind of has to come yeah. later. Yeah. yeah. So like Mona Lisa doesn't mean as much. To yeah, they'd, they'd be more into lush. You know, they're yeah. seeing stuff, or, or you know, they're gonna want to paint a PewDiePie portrait or whatever. <laughs> so that's been really cool. And teaching kids is is awesome. And just like so, um, I had a couple of teachers in school that I really connected with, and they really helped me. And then not much else outside of that I really cared about. So mm. I feel like it's important to take it seriously and not saying I can connect with every kid, but there was a kid in the class who's a real shithead and then he would just kind of do whatever. And then one day I was like, he, I was looking at his stuff and he had a bunch of bands written on his pencil case and the chats was one of them. Mm. And I was like, do you want to, do you want to DJ on the, we had like a little Bluetooth going. He's like, yeah. And he puts on the chats or whatever. And then I was like, have you heard of this band? And I put on Eddie current suppression ring and he's like, Oh, I've seen the name, but I've never listened to him. And then I was like, oh, you should check out this and this and this. And he's mm. like, have you heard of this and this? I'm like, oh, no, I haven't. And after that, he was just like really into everything because he realized that like he wasn't the only one in the room that kind of had yeah. feelings outside of just what we were doing. Yeah, or that's an awesome feeling. So that's like, that's pretty special to to get to have the chance to connect with kids on that. And then other kids would be like, do you know this meme mm. or this game and I'm like oh I have no idea and instantly I'm 70 again like I just yeah. feel oh yeah. yeah nothing makes you feel older than yeah hanging around kids yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah so teaching is awesome music stuff and the art stuff and really just just trying to trying to constantly learn new skills and explore creative stuff in general if I can just do that I'm stoked yeah that's awesome man because like um that's the, that was what I was trying to awkwardly say before is just that's the vibe I get from you. It's just getting ideas out there, being creative. Yeah, and, and, fi- and trying to find ways to do things just art for art's sake, not necessarily going like, I could do this and make a print and a T-shirt and sell those, but being like, oh, for this much money, I could break yeah. even and do this project that I want to do and have it be and, a reality. And you always seem to be like twisting the expectation. Like an art gallery... What do you call it? Exhibition doesn't yeah. have to be like paintings on the wall. Yeah, yeah. That's what like the the milk bar one was, wasn't it? it yeah, was exactly. Like, and-, and more like creating experiences for people because everyone um, is so exposed to everything online and stuff. I want to make stuff that you have to be there to see it and, yeah. and feel it. And that's what 
live music is and that's what live comedy is mm, you yeah. can sit and listen to the records at home but you got you want to go to the show and feel yeah. that energy so well that's like the thing it's like stand-up is so hard to film and it's like yeah because it's meant to be experienced live like you're meant to be sitting there with other people and i think that's why those 80s ones always cut to the person going <laughs> yeah yeah like you know i was doing another audio thing just then it was me being an 80s person in the audience <laughs> like a real transformative active yeah. i like the the def jam comedy kind of yeah you know oh, when in america cut- like, woo woo Cuss the audience and people are like slapping their thighs yeah, so high. Yeah. But yeah, I think live comedy is like you need to see the the opening act and the person that half bombed and the other person that was a bit awkward and then see the thing that you really like. It's a it's the journey, man. You got to see it all <laughs> and kind of experience it. That's my that's my favorite version of um, comedy. And like speaking of journeys, I guess you and your partner Mo have kind of had a big change in the last little while where you've come out of running business and, yeah, yeah. and then have evolved into in the next chapter. Yeah. You guys are uh, opening a studio or? Yeah. Well, we have a new, we have an art studio and now um, Mo previously had, had run a, a restaurant um, that we owned. And then now she's really running. Well, she did all the setup of this studio and now is, has her own production company, which she started to do these kind of art and um, creative projects and be on the logistical side of that, which is, that's what really makes these things work. They having the creative ideas is great, but mm. like they don't happen without the people that make them happen yeah. like her. So, um, yeah, that's awesome to be able to, and we get to work together in our off like we have our, our office there and work together, which is I think so cool. Uh, when I caught up with you a little while ago, you were talking about you're doing a project for Tones and I, yeah, um, and you were talking about how you and your partner were going through the bins at the apartment yeah. building I was living. Yeah, in. that's that's true. That's true. No, but so that was unrelated to the project. <laughs> yeah. That was just uh, times were a bit tough. Yeah, yeah. No, no yeah, we did a Tones and I um, a thing for her record release, and she had all these great um, concepts about. She really, it was a record release party for the in, for industry, so it was lots of you know industry folk, big wigs, and she, but Fat she was cats. really, you know, because. I have a lot of respect for her. She really was using her platform to try to make people a little bit uncomfortable. So she's like, I want to build this sort of maze in the warehouse as you come in and each room will have a different theme and, and I want a, a stop a dining theme and it was all, there was global warming stuff and, and plastic pollution was a, a big theme she wanted to do and her and I discussed the idea and we theorized what we could do and we kind of came to this idea of making people walk through knee-deep plastic waste that was just everyday plastic that... I feel like we all know that we make lots of plastic waste. We all know that it exists and everyone knows it's a big problem, but we just put it in a little yellow bin and it shut the lid and we don't see it again. So Mm -hmm. to see it on mass was really cool. So we brought in so much plastic and it was just from the bins out of like three apartment buildings and we dragged it all in there, filled this whole little area and people had to like scuff their way through it. And, um, and basically it, and it said on the walls, like all of this plastic was sourced from within 500 meters of this location mm. in one night with one van. Like I just loaded the van up with all this plastic. It's good you put that or they would have been like, oh, we're at the wrong place. <laughs> yeah. And then went, went back out. Exactly. Or if we just took that and then threw it all in the bin. Yeah. Like, yeah, no worries. No, so we took it out of the recycling and then put it back into the recycling, obviously. But um, yeah, so that was, that was cool. And those are the kind of weird creative projects that, you know, and at that time, I think that was the last day that Tones and I wasn't one of the most famous people around like mm. the next day they announced her on the grand final and then since then it's just been bonkers yeah i've like done some things that are i think are pretty cool like they impressed me yeah not cool i mean but who i've worked with 
But that she's like the only one that has impressed my daughters. Oh, I haven't yeah. worked with her. I mean, I just said, Alongside. told them um, I went to Spilt Milk Music Fest yep. in Ballarat, and I was just like, I was just, you know, when you're hanging out backstage, I was, I didn't actually, I was just staying near her, but I told my kids, yeah. I met her, <laughs> and my yeah. kids are like, awesome. Why did you take us? But then like I tell them about like I did a spot on like Sean Michaela's show. Yeah, yeah. Did a podcast with John Saffron. Yeah, nothing. The kids don't like John Saffron. What's wrong with them? Yeah, why don't these eight-year-olds like John Saffron? <laughs> yeah. Don't they know he went through Ray Martin's beard? They know the bloody history of Australian comedy. Oh, <laughs> disrespectful. Yeah. But yeah, Tones and I, actually, I said the same thing to my nieces. I was like, I did the Tones and I, and they like looked at me blank, and then their mum's like, you know, the monkey song? And they're like, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. We love like, you, Uncle Carl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, it's it's been awesome, and I'm super lucky to just constantly, you know, but it's all just, just like comedy. It's just about chasing it all and turning up and and keep working on it so i'm just constantly doing new projects and exploring mm, yeah. what's out there so um, um and you've just wrapped up your uh latest show everything is borrowed yeah yeah that was just at the end of the year i wrapped that up which that was cool that was like a really different i did it in the rialto in this this gallery in there called ksr gallery and uh it was an opportunity that was presented to me and and i thought that i should try and step outside the bubble because I obviously live and work in Fitzroy Collingwood area, mm. have done shows around there, but it's good to sort of expose to different audiences. So obviously the center of the CBD in Melbourne is a very different kind of world. Um, so that was a cool experience and got to like, and got to go in there to like this fancy building and this fancy gallery and really just do what I wanted to do. And, and it worked out and they were super supportive of that. So that was cool. And now I'm back to, um, building a few installation things. I've got a big thing coming up in February called Can't Do Tomorrow in uh, in Kensington. It's it's me and hundreds of artists. It's a big uh, arts festival, creative festival that's on in this huge warehouse there and there's, there's keynote speaks and uh, there's music and parties and bars and food and stuff and I'm building a, um, a big installation. I'm actually heading up to uh, Goxie's Hood to Sebastopol this <laughs> afternoon to go look at a, a possible vehicle that I'm going to buy as part of the installation. Really? Um, yeah, so it's it's all kind of working on that and I've been working on some stuff for Laneway Festival for uh, Deliveroo. We're doing like a Deliveroo activation at Laneway and I've got to build all these wooden painted things. You're just, you're just delivering meals to houses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, get to, I get to wear a teal jacket and uh, a reflective backpack. No, so I'm... I'm building all this stuff. So it's going to be like a sideshow alley, sideshow carnival of curated food trucks by Deliveroo. And I've created all this artwork for that. Like those sort of circus cutouts where you put your face in the hole is like a strong man holding Deliveroo bags. And nice. That's awesome. Yeah. But they basically were like, we love, we love the milk bar. We want you to do something for us. Like what, what's your idea? And I pitched all this stuff to them and they were like, yeah, great. Let's do that. So that sort of freedom is amazing and something I've worked really hard to get more trust in doing that. Mm. And I guess if you're able to pitch those kind of ideas that are a bit outside or at least then people know to come to you for that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, trying to be just trying to be creative with it and like think outside the box. And also a real focus for me is working with um, recyclable materials because a lot of those festivals and stuff, it's all like printed core flute plastic or vinyl yeah. wraps or whatever. So um, I hand paint everything and work with plywood or salvage materials or whatever mm. and that's like a real 
it's you know it's a drop in the ocean of everything you can do but the art industry in general is makes a lot of waste as film and tv and art there's so much waste in set and prop design and yeah, yeah. Pe- we people use a lot of like mdf paneling which is completely useless for any further mm. use and it's like it's just future asbestos really like it's yeah. terrible stuff so trying to use things that are um yeah can can be repurposed or can at least be broken down and and taken away rather than just sit in landfill as plastic forever so so that's that's my political element of my art rant. <laughs> well, we no, hate, it's good, man. It's good. We you hate care. fat cats here and yeah. uh, Gronks. So yeah, yeah. yeah, and bloody <laughs> bad people wasted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Classic bad people and fat cats yeah. and Gronks. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that that's what you got coming up next. And, yeah. Um, anything of your own, or I guess going to take a little bit of a breather after your last show. Um, yeah, no, no solo show for me. This installation at Can't Do Tomorrow is a solo installation, but it's alongside a bunch of other awesome artists. And then, um, and then I'm pretty flat out working on. Uh, so my studio mate Roan, uh, he and I have worked on a bunch of projects and he does these big installation projects. He did a big one last year at Burnham beaches. Uh, so I'm back working with him on a bunch of stuff. He's got a big show at the Geelong gallery, uh, mid year and, and then some other projects. So that's sort of, uh, he and I just work side by side on those things across kind of all areas, but mostly I'm creative carpentry building of, Mm. of props and stuff, uh, props that we can't source through our, our prop designer. So, yep building replica art deco tables that we can then trash and make look like they're a hundred years old and that sort of stuff. So that's a really good challenge for me um, as well. And also just getting to work with my friend and studio mate and my wife because she's, she's um, production on those things. So yeah. And that'll pretty much take me through till the end of the year, but there's always random bits and in between. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, we might sort of wrap up there. Goxie, you got to... Uh, no, um, that's awesome, man. Thanks for having a chat with us. Uh, yeah, thank you. You're very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that my... That's my just... That's my stock standard voice. Just sounds condescending, but I really mean it from the heart. <laughs> uh, and as we always Much say here on I'm All Ears. Well, if, I ever, if I ever get married again, it'll be like, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't mean it to sound like I, I wasn't confident. I, I really want to marry <laughs> Nah, awesome. Thanks, Callum. Yeah, uh, thank you, Check guys. him out if uh, you haven't seen his stuff. If you have, keep checking him out again. <laughs> um, what's your... What are you on the socials? Uh... Well, Instagram is just the best for visual medium, I guess. So it's just at Callum Preston. Yeah. Um, Got in early on that one. Yeah. Any yeah. Shack kind? sessions are coming up again. Oh uh, yeah, true. The Shack sessions, which is also through that Instagram, or just at the Shack sessions. So that's a bunch of musicians in my studio playing songs and chatting about their you, first jobs. You had a bit of a break away from that. Yeah, then. I had a bunch of files that I thought had corrupted, <laughs> <laughs> and I've managed to save them. So I've got like another. Uh, yeah, like another season worth of episodes and now we've just moved to a new studio so I'm hoping to start filming some new ones later in the year in the new space because mm. um, there's still heaps of musicians hitting up saying they'd be keen to do it, which is cool. But yeah. like doing a pod, it's all about just timing and organizing and finding time to edit and all that stuff. So that's just a little passion project. But um, yeah, there is another Callum Preston. He's a, a goalkeeper for some... <laughs> middle level soccer club in England. For a minute, I thought he had skull keeper. No. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, he's a goalkeeper and uh, he does quite well, it looks like, but he must be a bit spewing because he's, 
he's like Callum Preston and then I guess his soccer number uh, on all the yeah, on all the yeah. socials. But uh, I get a few I get a few tweets mm. at him to me. You know the you know the people that got in late when they've got like an underscore or a mister. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Name. Yeah, it's always or I, they've I had to make it the notorious or something yeah, or Yeah, I got in late on the changing everything to Serlo. So I have Serlo underscore. Uh, just yeah. a flat I'm, underscore. I'm the only gox that's ever done anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, check that out on Instagram. And, um, yeah, I mean, an Everfresh studio is is the studio that I'm part of. So there's if you find, follow that, all the artists involved with that are all super interesting and great. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. I'm all ears. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much, Callum. Cheers. Cheers.